Welcome to the Career Zone podcast, where we think about things that are on students' minds one at a time. And this week, we're going to be thinking about freelance and portfolio careers, something that's coming up for more students increasingly as we go along. I'm here today to talk to Anam, who is a graduate from the University of Exeter, about freelance and portfolio working. So hi, Anam. Welcome to the Career Zone podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. Thank you for coming. And first off, I guess it would be useful to hear a bit about who you are and why you're maybe here. Yeah, so when I was at the University of Exeter and I graduated in 2018, I did a languages degree. So it was a joint honours, French and Arabic. Then I took a year after that working, knowing that I wanted to go on to do a master's in translation. And I am now doing an editing and terminology internship with a UN agency in Vienna in Austria. Now a lot of people tend to just go straight into a master's so I'd be quite interested to hear about why you made that decision and what work you did in that year. Yeah so I think in my final year of my undergraduate degree at Exeter I already knew I wanted to do that master's and I pretty much already knew what university I wanted to go to as well. I just I like taking my time with things and I thought even though I know what I want to do it seems that a lot of people they don't just want to see your qualification they also want to see what experience non-academic experience you have you know whatever I did in that year I I just said to myself you know if I like it that's great because I can remember that after my master's and if I don't like it that's still fine because whatever I do will only be for a year anyway and then I'll know why I didn't like that thing which for me is really helpful as well if I have a job I don't like I can at least work out why. So in that year I worked with a charity called Islamic Relief so I just went back and lived with my parents. I was in the business development department which basically meant looking for funding that the charity would be able to apply for and writing the funding applications. It wasn't really to do with my languages, but it was more to do with the kind of volunteer work that I've always got going on 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 the side. That was an internship as well, which was three months long, I think. And then after that, I stayed in the charity, but I moved to the archives department for a few months where I could use my languages because they had some archival material sent from other countries that was in French and Arabic, and they needed someone to work out what it was, basically, so they knew where to archive it away. Um, So that was useful to see two really different jobs within the same organisation. And that also made me realise that working for one organisation can mean lots of different things, depending on what job you actually have. They were short-term contracts, and I enjoyed that. And I like the fact that they were flexible with me saying, I know I want to go volunteering, so this is when I can have my initial contract till. But then they were kind enough for me when I came back and was having a break. I just contacted them and I said, I'm back. I can I can carry on with that work if you want. And they said, yeah, sure, just come for however long you want. And that was really appealing to me. As you were talking about that, I heard you saying that you really likes the flexibility that you found and I'm wondering what role that's playing in your thinking now that you're here at the end of your master's and thinking about what you want to do in terms of work going forward. 
I think that first experience of flexible working just showed me that it is possible in more places than you would think. It was just about negotiating with my boss and just explaining my situation and being clear and saying, there's this other thing I'm really interested in doing. And I'd really love to be able to do that as well. And then just understanding and being like, yes, yeah, sure, you know, we'll we'll try and make it work. So, I mean, I, en- I enjoyed it. So I, I definitely want to keep that, you know. So now that I have my translation master's, I would like freelance translating to be a part of my career. But I want to keep that flexibility to be able to fit in maybe other things that aren't necessarily directly to do with translating or being able to do different types of translation for different types of people and that first experience taught me I suppose that if you're just honest with people and tell them just explain your situation but show that you will do a good job I think that's the other thing if you show them that you will be a good worker there might be some flexibility that's not necessarily advertised in whatever you were initially applying for but there might be something that could be negotiated. So it sounds like what you're talking about is being quite entrepreneurial in your approach in terms of kind of constructing a career that's got the qualities that you want and not being entrepreneurial in the sense of starting your own business necessarily but in terms of saying you know this is what I want and this mix of things and this flexible style of working and this way of kind of proving to an employer so so you are sort of selling yourself in that sense in terms of what it is that you can offer. And it is about selling yourself, which can sound a bit scary. And I think if I heard that when I was still at Exeter, I'd think, oh, no, the word selling, I don't like that. I don't want to (laughs) get involved. But actually, it's just you've got to think about it in the way that works for you. So for me, it's just the fact that I enjoy flexible working. I'm quite happy with doing a lot of work from home I've always naturally been someone who likes doing lots of different things at once and if a portfolio career and doing several things at once means I can be that natural in that natural state of myself professionally then if I've got to sell myself to do that then it's it seems less scary because then it's just the way to work in a way that would make me happy. What you're talking about sounds like you've worked out a a way of working that will would enable you to actually work as the best version of yourself and so what you're talking about selling is how to tell some other people that you can help them yeah and add value to what they're doing mm-hmm. by being that best version of yourself yeah and that's that's actually a way I see it a lot of the time exactly what you said just a way of helping so if I when I word it like that to myself, or if I'm, you know, trying to muster up the courage just to email someone and say, oh, you're doing really interesting work. Do you need someone else? It's just, you know, I'm just asking if they want help. (laughs) Then it doesn't scare, I don't scare myself. I just say, I'm just asking if they need my help. That's all I'm doing. And maybe they'll say yes. And have you sent some of those emails and have some people said yes? I mentioned a couple of times that after I done this, few months of working with Islamic Relief before my master's I then volunteered in the summer the volunteer community was quite small so you just get to know people who are working for different organizations and one thing I'd heard that translators do is make subtitles for films 
And I thought, okay, maybe that's something I want to go into. I heard about this guy who was making a documentary on the island. And I thought, maybe he doesn't have anyone to do his subtitles yet. Because I assume there will be lots of Arabic and French speaking people in this film. Seeing as a lot of the refugees I'm working with every day, I'm speaking to them in Arabic and French. So I got his number off someone and I just texted him and I said, I heard you're making a film and I speak Arabic and French and I'm going to do a master's in translation. So I'm just wondering if you had anyone to do your subtitles yet. And while he didn't need me to do the subtitles, he did need someone to just accompany him for some interviews for people who weren't able to do the interview in English. So yeah, he. I felt very scared sending off that text because he didn't know who I was. And I thought, okay, maybe this is really weird. I don't know what he's going to think. But he just replied and said, oh, that's great. This weekend I'm doing some interviews and it would be really helpful to have you because I don't know if I'll be able to communicate with these people. So do you want to just come with me this weekend and we'll just do some filming and stuff? And he gave me some really great advice generally about not just about working with filmmakers, but about flexible working. So that gave me a lot of confidence to do it again. It is all about building a network, isn't it? Mm -hmm. But that shows you that to build that network, it's it's just about being you. Yeah, it, it really is. And again, networking was a word that I just, they talked about so much, you know, while I was studying. And it did just make me cringe because I just thought I'm not an extrovert. I don't feel like I'm the sort of person who would just approach someone and I wouldn't know what to say to them. I wouldn't know how to sell myself. But again, it was just thinking about the words. And for me, it just helps thinking maybe they could use my skills. So I'll just ask them rather than I need to network with this person. Yeah, it feels much more human, doesn't it? Yeah, very much so. What are your plans? You finished your master's, you're doing an internship. How are you going to make this way of working work for you? Yeah, so I would like my core work to be freelance translating. Even within translation itself, there's a few different areas I'd like to work in. So, I mean, I'm definitely still trying with the film subtitling stuff. It's just kind of an idea floating. Before I started my internship, I did a few freelance translations for one client who she actually did my master's program at the same university. So I don't really know if this counts as networking, but my totally counts as networking. My <laughs> there's a Facebook group for all of the people who have done my master's in the past, because a lot of people from that end up freelancing. So whenever anyone has a job or needs help with a job, they just post it on there. So someone just posted saying, I've got a big Arabic to English translation job coming up. I need lots of translators for this. If you want to do it, just send your CV. So yeah, she hired me for that. And she told me to tell her when I'm coming back from the internship and when I'll be free for work again. It's quite interesting. They're usually articles about Middle Eastern politics. So that's quite, so I, I want to carry on with that. With this internship, I know that a lot of people who work in the languages department here, whether they're editing or actual translators, because I'm not translating here, I'm editing. But I know a, a lot of people are able to do this remotely with this organisation. So I'm just hoping that I will be able to get onto their one of those freelance contracts. They know I'm interested. So that's another thing. If you just tell people what you're interested in as well, it helps. I always ask different people, people who I was studying with or 
people at this internship now who are translators, what freelance agencies did they have they worked for or would they recommend? So I have a list of people that I am planning to contact. I feel like it's just easier to fit things in when I'm freelancing and I'm able to manage my own time. But I'm interested in literary translation as well. So that's translating novels. And I recently started a six month mentorship for that where I have a mentor who's going to work with me on a on a novel that I choose to translate and they're just going to help me with any questions I have with that and they kind of teach you how to communicate with publishers and all of that kind of thing so I'm going to carry on with that and see see where that goes I just I have lots of ideas so I I have a plan of what what I would like to do after this internship yeah sounds really exciting so good luck with all of that and maybe we'll have you back on the on the series in a in a year or two telling us about some more of the amazing projects and how the leads that you thought would come through didn't and how something else came through that was <laughs> even more surprising because that's yeah. part of the nature of it which always it? happens exactly it's just part of the part of this type of working you just you just see what happens Good luck seeing what happens. Thank you so much for joining us for the Career Zone podcast. That was Anam talking to us about freelance working and how a portfolio career might be what they're wanting to do. So hopefully got you thinking about some ways that you might want to approach a flexible career if that's something that appeals to you. This was the Career Zone podcast. Thank you for listening and looking forward to having you join us next time. If you do have anything on your mind or any stories that you could tell about ways that you're gaining experience or exploring your options, then please do get in touch with us, hashtag CareerZonePodcast, and we'll be very happy to have a chat with you or follow up something that you're interested in in a future episode. You can follow us on iTunes, Spotify and Podbean. So keep up with our latest releases and you can, of course, find out about all of the support and opportunities that we have at the Career Zone at the University of Exeter by going to exeter.ac.uk careers.